Welcome to Get Together, a community podcast for fans where we cover all things games, entertainment, and technology exclusively on the GET Network. I'm your host, Showtime, and I'm here alongside my good friend, Buddha. Yo, what's going on, everybody? How everybody doing out there? Hey, all right, all right. And we can't thank you enough for setting aside some time uh, to be here with us today. Together, we'll be bringing you the latest about games, entertainment, and technology from all around the world. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about Xbox XX wanting to bring Game Pass to PlayStation and Nintendo. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom splashes on tracking with 50 million to 60 million opening over Christmas. And the United States police are warning Apple consumers that the newest iOS 17 update is dangerous. That and much, much more. So whether you're a gamer, a movie, a TV buff, or a tech geek, Get Together is the podcast for you. So what's up, Buddha? How you feeling? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Black Friday was good to me. I'm uh, doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. How you doing out there? I am amazing. I got my Steam Deck OLED Limited Edition. This, this is beauty. This is beauty. Uh, a thousand nits as we were talking about. The special design. Special design on the back and the front. It has a orange keyboard along with an orange opening when you open the Steam Deck. Uh, we'll be having the video up on our YouTube shorts very soon. Uh, it also came with a um, limited edition, a limited edition case. Hey, so this is pretty beautiful right here, y'all. This is on the inside. It has your limited edition Steam Deck OLED. So let's go. Uh, yeah yeah definitely i've been playing half-life on it already uh i can watch youtube videos like it's definitely an awesome system um and you could do a bunch of stuff with it more content coming soon exclusively here on the get network um how's the battery yeah. life been treating you you said what happened how's the battery life been treating you uh the battle life been good the battle life been good um man man let me tell you it's so many games out here. I've been playing Netflix games as we were talking about. I've been playing um, Heads Up. They got this, like, you got to sign in, which is kind of annoying. You got to sign in. But uh, I've been playing a lot of games on there. They got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Netflix gaming is amazing. amazing. Uh, okay, shout out Netflix. Shout out Netflix. Yeah. So what about you? What games you been on? Um, I'm still chucking through Cyberpunk. And I actually dabbled into Star Citizen. Um, okay. On Wednesday, okay. which is yo, so right, this looks beautiful. It looks yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I had a, <laughs> a wild experience. They started me off with twenty five thousand, uh, and I went to the store, got some gear, got a book bag, yeah, and gun. Yeah, went to my ship, right. had a good time, going to my first uh -huh. mission, and before I knew it, it said you're getting a little too close. I'm like, what? Well, what I'm getting close to? Boom, getting yeah. close to the ground, and I just lost everything. So I ended up. Right now, I just have a medical gown and two thousand to my yeah. name. So yeah. we out here in the galaxy, though. Oh, sheesh, sheesh, sheesh. So yeah, man. It's, it's so. What else you been on? Anything else? Um, playing two K multiplayer. Okay. Only multiplayer thing I'm playing yeah. right now is two K. Okay. I'm just trying to finish Cyberpunk, going on to Liza yeah. P, 
and yeah. see what happens with these game awards. Hey, right, right. I can't wait for the game awards. We already talked about it. Go watch those other EPs if you haven't already. We talked about our predictions. Um, but I do got some breaking news to share with you, Buddha, if you don't mind. Oh, breaking. Okay, let's see. Great game. Great So, first, Tesla Cybertruck is notably the first time that Tesla is straight up not delivering on some of the key specs as promised. That's one. So the promised specs were 500 plus miles range at 70,000. I believe you said you put in a bid for the Cybertron, right? I did, I did. But then I heard a lot of things about, you know, them not, as you say, living up to the potential uh -huh. of the original dream. And uh -huh. I, ended up, I ended up getting a whole other car. So no Cyberpunk. Yeah. No cyber, cyber hey. truck. No cyber cyber truck. truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might as well put that in cyberpunk. I'm oh, I mean, Elon, that's that's an EV plug. I mean, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'll take 4%, right. by the way, 4%. <laughs> yeah, so now the delivery is 340 miles of range at $100,000. So, Sheesh. Whoa. Tesla, are you not promising? Elon, are you not promising? What's going on? What's going on, Elon? Yikes. And um, also, there's a video that just came out that the Cybertruck actually be a Porsche 911. Now, it looks crazy. It looks crazy. I cannot believe an electric vehicle, an electric truck for all of that matter, beat a Porsche 911 on a racetrack going straight down. Yeah, that's... that's I mean, if I didn't see it, I wouldn't have believed it. So, yeah. but, but there it is. It, it exists. Um, I'm going to try to put it on for our visual watchers real quick. And here we go. Just, just straight off the track. Both went at the same time, y'all. Both went at the same time. And the truck just entirely takes off and it's not even by a little bit it's not even by a little bit yeah. it's by a lot of it by a lot but there's a twist and, that and the truck, it's a twist tell them about the twist tell them about the, the, twist. the truck was carrying another porsche 911 while it was racing a porsche 911 yeah 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 crazy so crazy world we're living in right now crazy world we're living in we also got some other breaking news. What we got? The breaking news, right? So this is coming from Modern War Zone over on X, formerly known as Twitter. So his a breaking official statement was from Call of Duty team regarding matchmaking and SBMM in Call of Duty. Well, potentially the first time they've ever like publicly spoken about it. So there's a whole lot of interest and, in, you know, matchmaking experience and, you know, how Call of Duty players are getting upset that the fact that, you know, the lobbies are not, you know, evenly, you know, fair. And they've been saying they've been working on it. This was his official statement. Um, and that by next season, we should potentially be able to see, like, actual skill-based matchmaking, like, perfect, like, like, it's within your rank. And apparently they've been working on it for a while. So, but I'm interested to see. That is the dream. I mean, that's that's what a lot of us were brought up on in the Halo days with squad-based matchmaking. But I know a lot of 
people would be upset about it because they don't want to be essentially waiting too long to find, you know, similar skilled players if you're not as skilled and things of that nature. So you can't please everybody with everything. So maybe there's a way you can turn it, that feature on, like, hey, I want that feature, let me get it. And if I don't want that feature, let me do the regular thing. I mean, options are always the best. So just give people options. Don't just cut it off and do the new thing. Well, that's it for my breaking news. Uh, but we got a whole lot of uh, rest of, you know, the Get Together podcast to talk about. Right, right, right. So, so let's get together. Let's get together. All right. First topic today is gaming. We have some topics up from Microsoft. Microsoft, here we go. Xbox exec says Microsoft wants to bring games to PlayStation and Nintendo. And specifically, not just games, but Game Pass. This comes from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Xbox chief financial officer has said the company eventually wants to bring Game Pass to PlayStation and Nintendo consoles. Tim Stewart told attendees at the Wells Fargo TMT Summit that company's ultimate goal is to bring all of its content and services, quote, to every screen that can play a game. And the services, quote, to every screen that can play a game. <laughs> this mission is designed to reap higher, bene pro higher profits from Microsoft gaming division than has traditionally been the case with its relatively low margin console business, the exec has said. Quote, for us, when we think about the business, gaming as it relates to Microsoft and with Activision, operating leverage and margin expansion is definitely a piece of that puzzle. So what you think? You think they really going to put Game Pass on Nintendo and PlayStation? Oh, I mean, why not? I feel like even Steam just recently announced that you'll be able to play it on meta screens uh, with their Oculus glasses uh, now. So um, everybody is is just, you know, starting to come together now. Like, it's a time for gaming. Xbox definitely needs to put... It's already on TVs. We already talked about that in the last EP. It's on TVs already. So, like... I feel like it can really get out there, and we've got cloud gaming and and just everything else. We got to figure out a way. We got I don't know. I I can definitely you know put a simulator on the Steam Deck OLED and play a Nintendo Switch game. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you said, a great way. I mean, the no, the you, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about smart TVs, and he even, he right. even mentioned that. He said, quote, that means smart TVs, that means mobile devices, that means what we would have thought of as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. We're going to NVIDIA GeForce now, their gaming subscription service. So what they're trying to do is, like they said, they want all their games on anything that can actually play the game and expand beyond the initial 200 million consoles console players and console gamers and try to emerge to the 2 billion console gamers and casual phone gamers and young adults and teenagers and things of that nature. Basically, everybody is a gamer because you played a game of some sort, whether it be Tetris or Scrabble or whatever the case is, it's a game. So they're just trying to make sure that they find you where you're at and no rock is left on turn. Yeah, most definitely. Like, I'm trying to play every game possible. Like, it's it's a time. Like, we have these systems. We have these powerful enough systems. Mm -hmm. And 
we should be able to play everything, anything and everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever. Absolutely. Now, we're going to continue with Xbox. Xbox released the Xbox November update, and it included something called a new compact mode. This comes from Xbox Wire from Dominique Gordon, the senior product manager for Xbox Experiences. We're excited to announce that Compact Mode is now available as part of the latest update on all Windows devices, including handhelds like the Asus ROG Alley and the Lenovo Legion Go. Compact Mode is a new feature that enhances your gaming experience by providing a more intuitive user interface on smaller screens. With Compact Mode, the sidebar collapses into icons, providing you with more space to browse content. To use this feature, click on your profile on the top left corner of the app and turn the toggle for compact mode on. For our visual watchers, we have a small little photo of what the compact mode actually looks like on your device. She continues, we're also partnering with Asus and other manufacturers to ensure that compact mode is enabled by default on your handheld devices. We'll continue to focus on updates to deliver a great Xbox experience for Windows handheld screens. So what you think? This this is this is a, a, a thumbs up, thumbs down, this is a dub, this is a good. I, I think it's a thumbs up. I, I think it's a thumbs up. Um I think that's dope that, you know, again, appealing to, you know, whatever, you know, whoever has it, like whatever device they have, like it's so many devices out here, whatever device they have, you make it compatible for them. They want to play games still, like we were talking about. They want to play games still. So I think this is a, as a win for me. What about you? Um, you said thumbs up. I'm trying to do a little gladiator where like the thumbs go wrong and it's it it doesn't go all the way down, but it stays there. And the reason let me tell you the reason why. The compact mode, it sounds great on paper, but what they didn't say is that the windows will be essentially shelled into a smaller form factor processing wise and storage wise for these handhelds. Um, what I want for a compact mode is that I want a stripped down version of Windows, like a Windows gaming feature where it's just essentially there's no extra processing for all the other stuff that Windows does. It's only the things that that will help optimize Windows gaming. And I think that's what pushes the Steam Deck from the Asus Ally and all the other Windows devices is that you're trying to run a full-blown Windows versus a more dedicated, um, even though they're using Linux, but they're still using their own proprietary software to go on top of it. I don't want the Xbox app to just be that because Windows is more than the Xbox app versus the Steam Deck, which is essentially just Steam, even though you could put more things on there. So... The compact mode, that's a great start. I'm just hoping mm -hmm. that this is just their way to to gauge some interest and maybe Windows 12 will have a completely dedicated Windows compact experience for these handhelds. And that would basically give us more power, more battery, because Windows is doing less things that are obsolete for, for gaming. Mm. Straight here from Buddha. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man speaking of streaming games well what netflix got for us so netflix will launch grand theft auto trilogy for free 
as hype for new GTA mounts. This is from Antonio Pequeño. So Netflix is bringing a trio of mobile Grand Theft Auto games to users with launch of Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition. On December 14th, by the way, a free game which will arrive as Netflix looks to boost its slow growing video game business while hype grows for the next GTA installment, Grand Theft Auto 6. So, so what do you, what do you think? Netflix, Netflix, we're getting to play Grand Theft Auto on Netflix. Um, this is mobile, right? This is, this is for, for iOS. Is this strictly iOS or is this iOS? Oh, Android? Um, I believe this is iOS and Android. As long as you have Netflix, uh, gaming on your device. So you can go to the, I believe Google play store and iPhone, uh, app store and download, you know, all these games. If you type in Netflix, Netflix gaming, I typed in and I can download all these games. You just have to sign in, uh, when playing any of these games, cause you, you know, they got to verify, you know, it's you. Um, it does come with a end controller though. This so so this is the end controller right here. So right now it says to begin, choose a game on your TV and follow the directions to connect. So Netflix games on TV are in beta. Some devices may not be supported at this time. So that's what Netflix is saying. So I guess not all sub, uh, devices are compatible right now. That's your question you were saying. Um, but for everybody in, in the beta, for everybody in the beta, they'll be able to get a controller on their phone and should be able to point it at their TV and play Grand Theft Auto. From what I, from what, you know, it's saying on this app. Hmm. Um, hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So there, so are you, are they casting your, your screen to it or are they, um, I'm very intrigued in how, how they go about yeah. that. I, so my, my understanding, I thought it was just, you're downloading the actual game on your phone and you're playing it on your phone. I didn't know that, the, um, you're actually streaming it to the TV and playing the, your phone with the controller. Apparently it's possible. Apparently it's possible. So let me continue on though. The GTA trilogy contains three games, Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, all of which would collectively cost $11.99, but for non-Netflix users on the App Store. So uh, the game collection will be of no extra cost to Netflix subscribers on the App Store and Google Play Store. So yes, it is Android capable, but again, whoever's in beta whoever is in beta should be able to play this and be one of the more robust selections on netflix uh video game library which includes more than 80 games such as heads up cut the rope and bloom tower defense six uh i was talking about in the beginning um during our you know um entrance uh, uh we play you could get like farm simulator 23 on here so i have that on here spongebob i have on here uh heads up which i love it's about netflix but um it's I love the game heads up. You can play with like family and stuff. So it's dope. It's dope. So, you know, games are actually on your, you know, device. Um, but I'm definitely interested in the end controller and pointing it at my screen and being able to play something. Um yeah, definitely that, anyway. That that is when when Netflix, when when you pull that off, then 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 send me an email directly. Then <laughs> I, I'll I'll try it out. I got you. Trust me, I got you. Yeah. Speaking of trying out other things, the day before is dropping and next week on Steam. Um, so the day before offers players a unique 
reimagined journey into the post-apocalyptic open world MMO survival set in the present day on the U.S. East Coast following a deadly pandemic. Fantastic says the game is an early access because this is our first huge game and there may be unforeseen circumstances. Early access also allows us to refine and improve the game in collaboration with the community. So I love that. I love that they're giving, you know, everybody a chance to say something. I believe this game has been in production for a while. So what are your thoughts? Um, the initial trailer uh, four years ago, I believe. Blew me away. I was like, I can't, this this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. And then as years go by and I'm seeing, you know, trailers come and trailers go of not necessarily this game, but of like gaming in general. And I'm more like, all right, the closer we are to a game, I need to actually see what, what you got. And there was a lot of controversy with this game where, you know, they said it was the trailer coming. Then the day the trailer was supposed to come, they was like, oh, we lost a name to our game because somebody else had the trademark. And then there was some more stories coming out about we're doing this, we're doing that. And I'm just like, all right, bro, just just show us the game. Just just show us the game. And they said, oh, you know, it's, it's delayed indefinitely. And then a couple of months they came out and said, hey, we're going to show you a trailer next month. And then the trailer came and it's like, oh, it's just your regular run-in-the-mill third-person shooting survival kind of game. It's everything that they showed in the initial trailer is drastically, drastically different from what's actually here. And if you dig into the company that actually makes this game, the developer, the publisher themselves, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes with them and their other projects. And the community believes that what they do is they like to get a lot of funding from actual customers by hyping games up and buying the game and then dropping the game and using that to run to the next game to hype it up and you know, rinse and repeat. So hopefully this, that's just a community conspiracy and this game can thrive. I know they said this is early access and yeah. early access. That's, that's a great way to put it because if this came out and it acted like an early access game, you guys would have been finished. So I'm glad you, you, you tailored it and titled it correctly. Yeah, but I think it's real life this time. I'm going to continue on. It's been a journey of five years of hard work and dedication. They said, all for you. We didn't take a penny from people, accepted no pre-orders, and didn't harm anyone. We also want to thank you for your support and faith in us. We aim to be an example to everyone, showing that the impossible is possible. Never give up. And they also wanted to let us know that to mark your calendars for December 7th at 10 a.m. PST. Remember to add to the wish list to receive a reminder when the day before launches. And they did come out on Twitter uh, the day before they have it on Twitter or X now, um, you know, talking about their map. So different parts of the world is going to get the day before, uh, you know, early access, you know, before other people. Um, it eventually comes to, um, again, the United States. So we can start playing December 7th at 10 a.m. PST in the United States. Oh, so that means that it's out somewhere else in the world or like... Um, yeah, so they do have um, on Twitter, actually, um, a whole map of, you know, when the world is going to, you know, get the release, um, which is pretty dope. Pretty dope. Um, 
I honestly can't wait for the game to come out. Um, I have a 3070 Ti, and I'm definitely excited to, you know, give my computer a push and see how it does. Um, so yeah, it's a global launch. So over in Sydney, they're getting at 5 a.m. Over in Beijing, 2 a.m. Tokyo, 3 a.m. Moscow, 9 p.m. London, 6 p.m. Paris, 7 p.m. Uh, New York, 1 p.m. So that, that's great. That's, that's great for us, 1 p.m. Uh, that's prime time, December 7th. So I'm be active. I'm trying to see what the game is about, to be honest. I think I, I love the trailers. Um, again, I don't really play much on my PC besides Grounded. Um, I definitely pushed it with Deathloop. Uh, that played well. Uh, um, but I'm definitely, you know, excited to, to try this game. What about you? Um, if I, I'll rock it with you, I'll try, I'll try it out for the stream. We, we, we could stream it and you know, everybody can, can get real time reactions to how I actually yeah. feel about, about playing it while real life from Buddha. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you can't see it unless you like and hit that subscribe button because you won't be able to see the gameplay right here. The Get Together Podcast, right here on the GET Network, man. Exclusive. Y'all gotta make sure. Yeah, yeah. Y'all gotta make sure y'all subscribe. Again, follow us on Spotify and Apple. We're on both podcast platforms. Um, make sure you guys give us that five-star review if you can. We definitely appreciate it. Um, again, tell us what you like, what you don't like about the show. Show us some love. We definitely want to answer all your questions out here. Um, and yeah. We're on YouTube. We're on YouTube for all the YouTube music players out there. We got we you know, on YouTube podcasts because Google got rid of Google Podcasts and they're moving everything to YouTube podcasts. You can find us there also with the video and the audio version. Let's get it. So moving on to entertainment, what we got, Buddha? All right. We got Bob Iger has been going around and doing his rounds and making sure that everybody understands that it's not panic over there at Disney. You're just going through a rough patch because of what they went through with the previous person who was in charge. Let's hear from Bob. He says, Bob criticizes Disney's moves under Chappick. Quote, I was very disappointed. This comes from Todd Spengler from Variety. Bob Iger just won just over one year returning as Disney CEO following the company's board firing of previous chief Bob Chappick said publicly that he was dismayed at the Mouse's House performance under Chappick's tenure. Since returning to Disney, Iger said he has been, quote, fixing a lot of the problems that the company has had and dealing with a lot of challenges. Some of those, quote, were brought on by decisions that were made by my predecessor, he said, while others, quote, are just basically the result of a tremendous amount of disruption in the world and in our business. Hold on, we're gonna, we gonna pause that for a second because Bob chose Bob <laughs> to be his successor. And there was another quote that he says where he's talking about how they want to basically not pander and go towards more storytelling and go back to the roots. And we, we lost, you know, the storytelling with trying to be diverse and everything. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he was saying. And a year ago, almost to the day, 
he's out there saying, hey, you know, what we do differently from everybody else is we are diverse. We like to tell diverse stories and be and So it's like, Bob, I, you're just trying to, this is your job. I get it. This is your job. So you have to maneuver things the, the correct way and say things the correct way. But what makes him a great CEO is that he can pivot. He's not stuck to one certain way of trying to do things. And when you have Disney and you're in charge of Disney with all the properties, entertainment and IP that they own, you get the benefit of the doubt of, hey, we want to do things a certain way and it kind of didn't work. So we're going to pivot midpoint and watch how we come out of this on top so it's 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 actually kind of inspiring from a person of power of that 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 stature so to speak who's able to do all of this in a public fashion you know retire come back do what i gotta do and still make it out but i hear you i hear you and i'm gonna let you finish and i'm not even trying to get too political Disney. Listen, I do have Disney. I do have Disney. First off, I'm going to start with that. I do have Disney. I subscribe. And I subscribe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I do appreciate the diversity. It is a lot of diverse, you know, movies out there. Um, especially, you know, with Beyonce and the Lion King, uh, Chloe or Holly Berry and the Little Mermaid. Like, that was dope. Uh, um, Jamie Foxx has starred in some movies like, we out here, we out here. But Disney is also the ones out here opening cans of worms. And even with their recent whole Elon Musk thing versus Disney, I don't even know if you heard about it, how mm -hmm. they pulled all their ad revenue from uh formerly known as Twitter. So, I mean, and then also, I guess I wasn't going to get political, Disney and that whole Florida thing. I'm going to keep Florida down in Florida. Florida just be Floridian. <laughs> oh, man, Floridians. But um, <laughs> Disney. Shout out Florida, man. You got a beautiful state out there. Facts, I'll be out there. Oh, uh, man. But, yeah, I mean, continue on. Please, let me know. What All right, wait, 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 wait. Earlier, earlier this year, Iger has said at an investor conference that Disney overall had a, quote, disconnect between what is was spending on content and how it was monetizing that content. And the companies to become more judicious about content investments as production costs have skyrocketed. And plus, this is me. I don't think... This falls strictly on Disney, as you see all over the place, and not just the entertainment industry, but the gaming industry, the tech industry, the, the essential workers industry, all the industries are going through tough times as they're trying to find out what's the next step when it comes to making the money that they used to make. And if that money can't be made again, what is comparable to that? And a lot of people are struggling with finding out how much profit they can live with and how much profit they can. So we're going to continue. Iger instituted a cost-cutting plan at Disney, which included the elimination of more than 8,000 jobs this year as the company sought to reduce $5.5 in spending. At the Disney Town Hall Tuesday, Iger spoke at New York's New Amsterdam Theater. He said, quote, 
I knew that there were more married challenges that I would face coming back. I won't say that it was easy, but I've never second guessed the decision to come back and being back still feels great. So like I said, Bob, yeah. he knows what he's doing. Like he, he, he built Disney to where they have all this IP and where right, right now, you know, so. He's like, hey, I, I left for a year and a half, and like, y'all <laughs> ran it to the ground. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna hold you. Like, COVID didn't mess things up. It was out here, you know. Rest in peace to those who lost during COVID. But it's definitely been tough out here. Uh, I feel like everyone definitely is going through cuts. Even with like Bungie, um, they got nominated for like best online, uh, I think, platform or whatever, and they fired their managers and stuff like that. Like, it. it I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, as there's a lot of cuts out here, and you got to do what you got to do to survive. I get it. Uh, um, yeah. Do you, we'll think mess, we'll well, do you think we'll bounce back? No. Yeah, yeah. What what really messed Dis Disney up was also it was on Bob Bob Iger, not Bob Chappick, that you know Disney wanted to go into this whole feet first, head first into streaming with Disney Plus. And Disney isn't used to spending money and losing money. So this was an endeavor in itself. And also all the IP that they were buying, you know, they're buying Fox and now they have to buy the rest of Hulu and, you know, all these things. Disney's not quite used to spending this astronomical amount of money. They're used to just making astronomical amount of money. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. But Disney be definitely in the news these days. I think we also got something else from Disney. Yeah, we do. This comes from CNN, from Liam Riley and John Asatino from CNN. Quote, quality needs attention to deliver quality. It doesn't happen to be an accident. Iger said, and quantity, in our case, diluted quality. And Marvel has suffered greatly from that. I would say right now, my number one priority is to help the studio turn around creatively, he added. The company had made too many film sequels that had not been well-received by audience or critics. Quote, there has to be a good reason to make them, Iger said. Often the story is not as strong as the original story. That can be a problem, but it just has to have a reason. You have to have a reason to make it beyond the commerce, Iger said. There has to be an artistic reason to make it, and we've made too many. So, he has spoken. Ah, uh, I, I hear him. I hear him. I definitely hear him. Um, how do you feel about, like, everything being remade as, like, a live action? What are your thoughts on that? Personally, I love it. Because I think that's one of the main reasons they bought Lucas Lucas Arts was for Industrial Light and Magic, the ones who make the special effects for basically all the great movies that we've seen growing up. Mm. And they was able to turn that into their own foundational thing and be able to be like, hey, we had Disney animation back in the day. Let's do that for Disney, essentially. What is it? CGI version of that. Yeah, right. That, that's the, the 21st century version of what that happened back then. Um, my 
one gripe about it is that let's talk about Lion King, for instance. What made Lion King so essential with the animation was you got to see their, you know, their aneurysms and them laughing and their their faces and their laugh and their smiles and, you know, just just being able to be themselves essentially. Mm. Yeah. No, I most definitely feel that. I most definitely feel that. And um, it's definitely like a, a breath of fresh air because it's not exactly the same, but it's the same. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely feel that. And everybody's doing that now. Everybody. Look at Nintendo. We talked about that, I think, EP1, EP2. Sheesh, we're getting up there on the EPs, man. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we were definitely talking about that. Um. But yeah, let's let's go into Aquaman, though. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom splashes on tracking with 50 million to 60 million opening over Christmas stretch. Early box office look by Anthony from Deadline. Exclusive. Warner Bros. DC's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom hit three-week tracking with an outlook of 50 million to 60 million for the fourth day uh the james wan directed sequel arrives in theaters on december 22nd and christmas day falls on a monday this year that means business uh for all movies will be off on christmas eve sunday by negative 60 percent from saturday with all picks spiking well over 100 percent on monday movie going uh always picks up dramatically from Christmas Day onward. So that's that's dope. That's dope. Uh, I've seen the first Aquaman. Uh, I didn't see it from in theaters, but i definitely seen it from home. I'm not sure why I didn't see it in theaters, but i definitely seen it from home. Um, but then I'm definitely, I uh, think I'm going to go see this. What about you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, this is the farewell to the universe that Zack Snyder started. And Zack Snyder chose Jason Momoa to be Aquaman, even though Aquaman before that was used as a joke most of the time, and he was a blonde-haired guy, a blonde-haired white guy, so to speak, and you got this, you know, Samoan kind of person to be out here and change it up, add some edge and add some some factors, yeah. some some nice factors, and different ways to go about reimagining the character. So I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I mean, I, I people out here who don't like feel like this, like us, like it got a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb right now and a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Well, um, I don't like I usually go by audience scores. I don't I don't really listen to critics too much because um, they don't have the same taste that I do. You know, like mm -hmm. um, man, I don't know how many people or how old the people are that are doing these these things but yeah. um a lot of people feel as though they're out of touch and yeah. so what i go by is the cinema score and usually the cinema score is how i feel about the movie so yeah, that, yeah. that's that's what i go by which is i'm glad that they have like audience scores and things like that but there's also a detriment too because you can go review review bomb things and, and if you like a certain actor you can like you know bring it up some more than than it actually would be so there, it's a gift and curse with all of that definitely and it also says while a projection may not seem amazing next 
Note that the first Aquaman only saw an opening weekend of 67.8 million. The longer tail for the superhero fish when it came to ticket sales was in his week's play. The movie in the first seven days cleared 137 million plus previews statewide. Ultimately, Aquaman became the highest grossing Warner Bros. DC movie of all time at 1.1 billion worldwide. Granted, that total included a massive haul in China of 291.8 million, unadjusted for currency swings and inflation, and another 20 million from Russia. Those moolah won't be in the mix this time around. Russians, due to Hollywood's boycott of the Ukraine war, and China turning their noses up on the U.S. Ooh, that's a lot right there. That is a lot right there. It's a lot. It's and, a lot. And that's coming from deadline. Like, again, so no Russia sells. China. Ooh. Again, I'm not even going to get political on this show. Um, no, it's all about no, it's based on who likes it. And hopefully most people can that, that enjoyed the last one, you can enjoy this one. I just feel as though they shot themselves a little bit in the foot where telling most of the world or telling at least the people that need to know that this is the end of it, the end of this universe, and they're starting a the universe next year. So you can see that the decline of the recent DC movies has been lower and lower and lower because people are, hopefully they're just done with this and they're just waiting to see what else is new and it's not more so like it's a fatigue kind of thing and they're just fed up with it all yeah you heard it here first and speaking of new stuff why not hit and like that subscribe button and watch new content hey. right here on this channel oh you like that ah on the fly though Yes, sir. Make sure y'all also uh, hitting up that Apple podcast and Spotify podcast. We're definitely on there as well. You can listen to us in the car. In the car. In the car. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, definitely appreciate y'all, man. Uh, again, tell us what you like, what you don't like about the show. Uh, um, tell us you love us, man. We definitely want to hear from y'all. Uh, we're going to be getting some comments on the YouTube, though. We seen them like, okay, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the camera. Shout out to the comments. We appreciate y'all. I'm about to go in there and check in and like and like and put a nice little little number four under every comment. Number four on Four is the best number. I'm just saying. You already know. <laughs> so moving on to our last topic, technology. Yes, sir. We're back in the EU. Uh-oh. What's, what's going on on the EU? All right. The EU consumer groups aren't happy with Meta's paid ad-free service. Hold on. Stop no. Open right hitting me up. I'd be trying to tell them. He's talking it, about them comments. Trying, the comments. The comments. Right here. Right here. You see it. All uh, oh, you live see Live in the comments. Uh, hey, live in the comments. Make sure y'all... No, probably, the meta, they did not, they don't appreciate what we're about to say about this. So along that way, the EU consumer groups aren't happy with Meta's paid ad-free service. This comes from John Porter, who's reporting from Reuters for the Diverge. EU consumer groups aren't happy with Meta's paid ad-free service. 
a month after Meta announced new subscriptions that give users the choice between paying or giving their consent to be tracked and shown ads, the European Consumer Organization, the BEUC, and 18 of its members has filed a complaint, Reuters reports. Quote, people should not be asked to pay for protecting their privacy, end quote. It says, a first step in what's likely to be a long legal battle. So like, you know, I'm all for governments protecting our privacy and doing what you need to do to make sure your citizens are protected and safe and everything. Mm. But I I need I need to know a little more what's going on here because they essentially told Facebook that they can't do ad tracking and all that stuff. Facebook's like fine. We're basically, but, but we have to make money somehow. So if you wanted to take the ads off the platform, this is our way to essentially try to recoup that money we were losing from right. not having ads on the platform in, in the EU anymore. And when it comes to the EU, there are plenty of newspapers and digital sites that actually charge subscription fees. And I'm pretty yeah. sure some of those subscriptions fees come with less ads, if you know, no ads. So I I know Meta didn't say that it wasn't going to come with no tracking. It just said it's not going to come with no ads. So I'm 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 a little confused. I'm a little confused. Yeah, I'm a I'm a little confused as well with this one. Um, but I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and say that the government should not be controlling us. Definitely shouldn't be controlling us. Uh, Elon's whole thing with free speech on his new platform, uh, uh, we should be able to speak our minds. Not all crazy, not all crazy, but you know. Yeah. To an extent. I mean, like it's free, it's, it's free speech, definitely. It's definitely free speech. But I always tell people it's free speech, but not free consequences. So, I mean, again, even with this double thing, like, it's the consequence. It's the consequence. 100%. They use going after everybody, as they should. I mean, I like to say, leave no stone unturned. Make sure you do your due diligence with everything so that... Everything is taken care of. We don't have to come back to the situation and be like, oh, we missed this one piece or there's a loophole that they find. No, like, do what you got to do. But also remember that they're a company, too, and they bring that area funds also. So it's it's a give and take. It's a give. I know I know tech is big, bad, big, bad is tech, and that all equals everything. But um, there's got to be some type of compromise on both sides i hear that i hear that definitely but can you take us to the baddest tech that's about to drop though the baddest tech that's, the about baddest to drop? tech that's about to drop though yo i, I know you've yo. been asking for a controller that had a screen on it and i think yeah. the last time yeah. i experienced something like that was my dreamcast with my vmu my virtual memory unit, if y'all to even even understand what, what those terms mean. But Turtle Beach is out here and they're doing things different. Let's see, let's see what they got. Oh. Um, Turtle Beach put drift free sticks and a screen on its new two hundred dollar controller for Xbox. Mm. 
Free? It comes from Antonio G. D. Benedito from The Verge. Turtle Beach is throwing its hat in the premium controller ring with a new $200 gamepad for Xbox and PC called the Stealth Ultra Wireless Controller. Say that four times fast. Right. The It is launching on December 15th, but instead of simply adding some rear buttons, it's also packing drift-proof all-effect sticks and a one-point five inch screen capable of both tuning settings and getting notifications from your phone hmm. does it hold on let's stop right there you thought that sounds intriguing to you getting notifications Yo. on your on your controller this this right here this 200 dollars controller is better than the playstation portal better than the playstation portal talk a lot Yo, the fact that I can view a WhatsApp notification, an Instagram notification on my screen is dope. It's next level. That's next level. I mean, for the notification for Instagram, though, I want to know, like, am I going to be able to pull up Instagram? I'm pretty sure sure it's based on the... It's probably doing a Bluetooth thing where it's just tapping into the notifications API so all the notifications that you get on your phone would go on there. I doubt they will want developers to you know develop a specific API directly to talk specifically to this controller. I just think it's it's using the notifications API if they were smart. Right. But the battery life on this what is the implications of the battery life with having a screen on your control with all these rumbling and buttons and everything like that and it's wireless and wireless that's a lot that's a lot it's 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 wireless first off you got drift free sticks and i hope there's some type of warranty that if it does start drifting they take it back and give you a new one but i think again i mean maybe i'm asking too much i was asking for a screen already and i think this is definitely dope but if i can get like Instagram up on that controller, I think that's next level. Like uh, Instagram, Spotify, like, like, yo, like. I mean, I, listen, I would, I would definitely take this controller. Listen, I said I was looking for a controller with a screen, and here it is. Turtle Beach is dropping some heat. Yeah. Um, this, this is the company's first fully wireless Xbox Series X S controller following a trend of Microsoft who is slowly opening up its wireless licensing while shutting down some other third parties out there. It doesn't connect quite as effortlessly as the stock Xbox gamepads, but the Stealth Ultra uses a simple USB-A dongle that can be plugged into its included dock, tying up only one USB port on your Xbox console or PC for both connectivity and recharging. And Arguably, most importantly, the Stealth Ultra can remotely turn on an Xbox console even through, even though it connects via a dongle, something that unfortunately isn't the case over in the PlayStation land. Hey, you do what you can. You do what you can. I take a shot. <laughs> it comes with four programmable rear buttons, has hair trigger lockouts, tactical micro switches for its face buttons and bumpers, swappable thumbsticks, Bluetooth compatibility, customizable RGB lighting, and a zip-up hard shell case 
with pass-through USB-C charging. The most significant omission from the Stealth Ultra that comes to mind is its lack of interchangeable D-pads. Sorry, fighting game fans. And its claimed 30 hours of battery life falls short of the Xbox's max of 40 hours, though, frankly, 30 hours is still miles ahead of any current Sony controller out there. And I can speak to that because my Xbox Elite controller, I charge it maybe once every two weeks through yeah. USB. Yeah, seriously. Like, seriously. it's... it's, it's you know, it's, I wish still. You know what we should do right here on the podcast? Just see how, see, just have an all night stream, see when our controller dies. We timed that thing. Because, first off, the PlayStation Portal is coming in at four to five hours, like a battery life, four to five hours on full charge. That's only at 1080p, 500 nits. Like this controller right here, 30 hours. And I get to see what notifications are coming to uh, through my phone moon. Uh, because I'm not looking at my phone, I can see my controller. So, you know, if anybody texts me and it's important, I'm going to see it. Like, it's next level. It's next level. That's next level. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. 100%. I'll cut out to them. Maybe, maybe I won't get another lead. Maybe I'll get one of these. See what the reviews look like. Hey, hey. you want us to review it, let us know. And maybe we'll get it. And maybe I'll be forced yep. to, to get it, you know? Only because Seriously. of you, though. Only because of you. Yep. All because of y'all. So let us know if we should get this Turtle Beach, uh, uh, drift free. Yes, sir. No. Well, soon. Well, you know what else is going on that's stealthy behind the scenes is the PS5 Slim can be even tinier. Forget the PS5 Slim. This is the PS5 Tiny. And this is from Grant Taylor Hill from The Verge. In a recent video uploaded to the tech channel on YouTube, not from Con Country, it was revealed that the PS5 Slim just isn't small enough. It can't get much, much smaller. In fact, it could be made tiny as this custom build from NFC proved. Over the course of 11 or so minutes, the PlayStation 5 Tiny is showcased in all of its adorable but small but mighty glory. Um, using an external disk drive, NFC built from the tiniest PlayStation console ever, and it actually looked fantastic. Like, you'd want to buy this levels of fantastic. It was slim, sleek, low profile, and even featured a built-in charging dock for your controllers. Sheesh. So PS5 tiny, and it's tiny. It's tiny. Like this, this is the real PS5 Slim right here. What, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? Like, you think this should have been the PS5 Slim? No. Why? Why not? Why not? But because how I see it is this thing you're going to open up on Christmas Day in your living room and it's going to light up the living room like the 4th of July. The heat alone is going to be astronomical. There's a reason why Sony puts so much emphasis on the size of the chassis and the size of the heat sink and everything like that because 
gamers game for hours upon hours on rugs next to heaters doing all types of things so for something like this i would assume you play for maybe 30 minutes just an hour before you gotta call the fireman <laughs> uh, I, I could be wrong I, mean, I, I, I could be wrong i could be wrong but i just don't see knowing that a billion dollar company is out here or maybe it was costs Maybe it costs too much to manufacture that at that size, and they did it at this size for cost effects. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, my take on it is that PS5 already came out with the original PS5. Now it is the PS5 Slim. And all they did to make it slimmer was like, you know, adjust the fan. And, you know, uh, um, there was even some videos that's been leaked out here that they were even sloppy with the liquid cooling in the system. And um, that, you know, PlayStation's only, you know, cutting costs, cutting costs per se in the new PS5 Slim. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I can't call it. I can't call it. Like, this is just me playing devil's advocate. I'm just, yeah, I feel like I mean, it's it good. I could have been a travel console. Like I feel like I don't, I don't want to bring my PS5 anywhere. It's too big. It's powerful. It's too big. But a PS5 tiny, I can bring that anywhere. So we've been talking about this whole episode of, you know, uh, you know, like appealing to, you know, the consumer. So even with the PlayStation portal, like, you you're not getting great, you know, uh, um, connection to your PS5 at home, on like you know a GPS, Verizon, Wi-Fi. Like people talk about it having problems all the time, even with their car Wi-Fi. People have you know Wi-Fi in their car connecting it, and it's still laggy. Like people have showed it on planes. People are in the comments asking, "Did you buy that you know premium version of the Wi-Fi on the plane?" You know what I'm saying, like. Because there's different, like, versions. If you ever been on a plane, there's different versions of Wi-Fi on planes. Like, you can be, like, you know, <laughs> basic, and then it's, like, it's supreme. <laughs> so, like... Shout out T-Mobile for the Wi-Fi. I get T-Mobile Wi-Fi. T-Mobile Flight Wi-Fi. Oh, T-Mobile Flight Wi-Fi. I got that thing, too. <laughs> Shout out to T-Mobile. Oh, man. But, uh... Who probably doesn't want to be shout out right now? is that iOS 17 update. So police warns parents about the newest features on iPhone. And this is coming from Natalie Misa from USA Today. So law enforcement agencies nationwide are warning people, especially parents and guardians about a privacy update on the iPhone that can allow users to share private information. According to agencies in multiple states, the new iOS 17 update includes a feature that allows users to share contact information and full and photos by holding two iPhones together. Apple calls it name drop and it's activated by those who have updated to iOS 17. According to an Apple name drop, it only works for sending new contact information, not for updating existing contacts. Hmm. So uh, I don't know. I definitely have iOS 17 on my phone. Uh, I disabled it. <laughs> I disabled my, um, you know, I don't want to bump it with somebody at all. 
especially if you know forget to be like on everyone say so you're at an event you need to like actually share something to everyone but then you forget to turn everyone off and you're still sharing you're sharing boom 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 like no like uh just just turn it off like i'm gonna just have to airdrop you regularly i'm sorry like yeah this one the the way it works is that you have to actually like both phones touch each other in a in a certain a certain way so it won't be triggered unless it sees that a certain the two phones are within a certain distance position in the right the right the right way that they're asking um this feature eventually i think this is going to be bigger than what people are perceiving it to be um but i believe that this is going to maybe even replace the the business card um i know apple already has you have your id on your phone so you have your your government ID on your phone, and they have your your wallet with all your your passes, and you know you eventually they want your password. So they want your phone to basically be everything that you have in your in your in your pocket. So your yeah. key, your keys, your house keys, your car keys, your garage, everything. So also, if you want to have business cards, this would be that next step that I can see because you're sending a profile picture, you're sending website, you're sending your name, you're sending, and it's, like they said, it's used, quote, only works for sending new contact information. So if you're already on my phone, I don't really need that information because I already have it. It's not for updating it. I can just update it myself. But for news people who like, you know, on the go, maybe you're a networking event and stuff, if I spend a couple of seconds on your phone, I can get your information. I don't have to carry a whole deck of cards on me essentially and you have all my information right there touch of a button i think that speaks to where we're going in the future in regards to tech i mean i definitely see it i definitely see it but until like everything is on my phone and i can chop up my id i feel like we're always going to need a social security card and a and a and a um you know a certificate of birth um and some people carry that in their wallet like you know everywhere and I don't know, like leaving a physical wallet at home while I would just go carry my phone everywhere and just leaving my wallet at home. Like, no, I just, I can't see it. I, I don't know. And it's close. I'm close. I, 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 I've slimmed down. I got one of those little slim wallets. So I don't mean mm -hmm. it's like a, a two folded wallet anymore. It's a little slim yeah. thing that fits like three or four cards in it. So because all my, most of my cards are either, I have two phones. So most of my cards are either on my Google phone or my I got two. Phones, uh huh. Heard you already. So once Jersey allows the ID on the phone, I'm gonna put that on there. My car insurance is already on my phone. Yeah, my garage is on my phone. My house is on my phone. I'm, 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 I hear you. I'm, I'm the audience, I guess. I'm the audience. Oh, oh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, man. I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one. I mean, like everything on my phone. I lose my phone. That's it. That's it. I got to go to T-Mobile and hope that I have everything backed up, that I have everything backed up, Then I can still access, like, you know, everything, you know. Uh, slippery slope, man. Slippery slope. That's all I got to say. Oh, man. And speaking of slippery slopes in these roads. Uh, last topic of the day. Let's get it. Topic of the day. 
new technology is being installed beneath Detroit streets, which can charge electric vehicles as they drive. This is by the Associated Press. Crews have installed what's billed as the nation's first wireless charging public roadway for electric vehicles beneath a street just west of downtown Detroit. Copper inductive charging coils allow vehicles equipped with receivers to charge up their batteries while driving, idling, or parking above the coils. Yo, I think this is definitely next level technology right here. We talking tech? The fact that I could just idle my car and charge it at the same time, that's tech. That yeah, is tech. It, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a tech guy. I'm all for tech. This sounds yeah. wild, both <laughs> good and bad. Like, this is next Whoa. level. Because you think about it, like, bro, like, what if an electrical fire goes on underneath the road and the road breaks or the road blows up or, like... Like you, you overheat the con the conduction going to my my engine or my battery, or what if we both are on your car and my car? What if a motorcycle goes next to me and now it's more more capacity than the plate thought it was? So now we're overloading, or I don't charge at all. Like yo, this the the problems is is, is crazy, but like the 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 pros of it all. Like I'm, my my car is always charged. Like where am I going? I'm going everywhere. Where are you? Where do I go? I'm fast up, man. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, in upstate New York, they already have, uh, I believe, roads where it, like, heats the, you know, the road already because it gets so icy up there. Um, So, I mean, like, I feel like we've already kind of on this path of, like, this tech and it being ready. Um, But let me read more into it. So, it, is, it says the uh, quarter mile segment of 14th Street will be used to test and perfect the technology and make it uh, available to the public within a few years, according to Michigan De uh, Department of Transportation. Uh, demonstrations were held Wednesday at Michigan Central Innovation District, a hub for advancing technologies and programs that address barriers to mobility. The district is also where Ford Motor Co. is and they're restoring the old Michigan Central train station to develop self-driving vehicles. Uh, it says the technology belongs to Electrotron, which is an Israel-based developer of wireless charging solutions for the electric vehicles. So I think that's definitely dope. <laughs> um, it says similar roadways are in Israel, Sweden, Italy, and Germany. So oh, it's already over. Yeah. yeah, they got it out there. They got it out there. So now this is the United States. and I And I feel like, you know, United States is already overpopulated, like you were saying. And what if a bike pulls up next to me? Like it, I mean, it also is Michigan. I've never been to Michigan, but I don't think it's like New York City. Like, <laughs> no, that's that's. I mean, it's fitting that it would start in Michigan, since I believe Michigan is where the cars started in general. Mm -hmm. Right? What? Yeah, Detroit, essentially. So, yeah, I think that's definitely interesting. I'm all here for it. This is new tech. This is for all our visual watchers. We have pictures of what essentially is prototypes of what they think it will be on the floors with a picture of the van of the company that's putting it down, the Michigan Department of Transportation. Yeah, this is definitely dope. New technology. I'm all here for it. What about you? Hey, I'm here for tech. Tech, that's my section. <laughs> man. I'm here for it. I'm here to charge me up. Make sure I'm, I'm charging me up. I'm going.
Yo, charge us up. Charge us up. Make sure y'all like and hit that subscribe button. Make sure y'all subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, man. Charge us up. We out here. G-E-T, we out here. Gaming, entertainment, technology. Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram, on X. We on TikTok, YouTube, YouTube Shorts. We out here. We out here on the threads. Yo. Make sure y'all get in contact with us, man. Whatever you like, disliked about the show. We definitely appreciate y'all, man. And we got more things coming up. But again, let us know if you want us to buy the Turtle Beach uh, controller. Um, what you think about the Asus ally, if we should cop that. Listen, we here for it all. We here for it. We here for it. We appreciate every view you got. If this is your first video, if this is your fourth video, can't thank you enough we're gonna be putting out some more videos we're gonna be chopping up these podcasts we're gonna be chopping up the sections and putting up on all the, the sites that you know are relevant to social media world and everything like that so we could try to reach as many people as possible and let us know if there's any section or any timestamp or any part of the videos that you like and you want to be highlighted and we'll easily put that and we'll tag you in there like hey this cycle is the one that requested this or actually recommended us do this and this is for you so again thank you enough Yes, and join us every week for the latest and greatest in the world of games, entertainment, and technology. And thanks for listening, y'all. Peace.